Hey, this is Bruce. I'm the pastor of the Word Church, Kimberley. I'm so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I trust that Jesus will speak to your heart, that you'll be strengthened with faith, and that you'll experience the breakthrough that you're looking for. Enjoy the message. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word that's about to go out. Thank you for your, um, thank you for your spirit that's, that's on it. Every word the Bible says is inspired by you. Every, every scripture is God-breathed. Lord, that you'll breathe on our hearts, breathe um, in our minds, in our spirits, that we'll, we'll catch the inspiration that comes through your word, the aligning of our hearts. The redirecting, and yeah, that it comes and secures our destinies. It comes and and gives us purpose. It gives us meaning, um, and uh, that makes our steps sure. What we're doing now and in this time, that we remain, um, we live a life of impact, a life that is relevant, and and yeah, a life that is on fire for you. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. All right, let's get into the Word. So last week, by the way, I think um, last week's Word was, was really awesome. You have, to, you have to hear it a couple of times. Some of these things that come out, we need to hear more than once. We have to take the Word. If you don't take notes, go on YouTube or wherever, listen to it again. Try and keep in the flow of the Word. It's so important to stay in that flow and to hear, to keep on hearing what the Lord is saying in this time. Um, I, I, I take it very seriously. Every time I come up here, I pray. I say, Lord, what is the, what is the word for your church for now, for these people now? So um, uh, I know that these are timely things, uh, timely words that are spoken. And uh, yeah, like, like Auntie Dyer said, hey, man, let's all, let's all run with, with that vision. Um, at the same time, I just want, every time when someone touches on finances or on money or on giving, it kicks up dust and it kicks up a fence and it kicks, kicks up. And I just want to, um, I really, I know that our church, we are, we are givers in this church. But uh, if there's ever a time where someone comes up and, and says something about giving and you feel offended, ask the Lord, Lord, help me with this offense. Help me with this. And don't get your heart into a place of bitterness when someone speaks on finances. Who was it who came and broke the alabaster jar? Mary, right? Uh, not the mother, other, other Mary. And uh, you know who had an issue with that? Judas. Judas said, no, that money could have been given to the poor. Judas said, that's a waste. You know, and Jesus said, it's not a waste. And I think really when it comes to anything related to the kingdom, and when someone has their hearts in it, there's always, the cost is nothing. And I want to encourage you guys, I'm, um, just say, Lord, check, help me with my heart around, around the, um, he's not insane. He's not going to say, give, give all your, your money and everything. It's not like that. He, he just wants your heart. And I think when your heart is in it, it's easy to see. Hope that helps. Um, uh, always check the heart, but uh, I'm so grateful, you know, uh, to hear someone just come in and just to speak and to carry, say, yes, Lord, this is what we want to do. We don't, I can't imagine 
Jesus getting his disciples together and telling him, listen, we don't really want to grow, okay? We just want to maintain our, our family vibe here. Yeah. We've got a good thing going on here. Yeah. No, the Lord, the Lord said, no, we need to, this message must go out. <laughs> and this message must get more. God is in the increase. And, and what that looks like, I believe that this church is, is going to have an impact in, in, in the nations, impact in the nations, and uh, we're going to see it. So that's, that's what my heart is, you know. So if you, you can maintain for as long as you want to, you're not going to, God wants us to, to, to grow. And let's be faithful what, with what's happening here. Amen. All right, let's start in Romans 8. Last week was great. Last week we spoke about, uh, we started from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where Paul writes and he says, just as we have borne the, the image of the man of dust, you know, and he says that as it's like it's past tense. You know, so many people still find their life in Adam, where in the New Testament we actually find our life in Christ, the new man. So we are new. But it's like he says, he says it in such a way like, like we are in the transition. We are, there is a transition that is busy happening. And he, he makes it quite clear through all his letters, through all his letters, that we have a responsibility to, um, to think with the mind of Christ, to think like the new man, to put off the old, um, to possess the new, and to think like that. And I, um, I, I believe that is like a daily putting on. You know, like a, every day you have to do things in the natural, you have to get dressed, you have to wash your face, you have to brush your teeth, obviously, you have to comb your hair. In the same way, you need to put on that new man. You need to, like, equip yourself and actually remind yourself on a daily basis that says, well, this is who I am in Christ. I'm a new creation. I am, the old is gone. I'm new in Christ. Um, I have the mind of Christ. And that's why we did all of those confessions. Um, we need to hear this as often as possible. Um, even when your flesh cries out, no, <laughs> you're nothing, you know, you're not. No, cancel, cancel. No, but your spirit man must respond. The guys laughed at me on, you know, at, at the men's meeting on Friday because I said, you need to have a conversation with yourself. Okay, and who was it? Shane says, as long as you don't have two different names answering each other. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be able to talk and to correct yourself. Um, and, and the Bible actually says that there, there is an enmity, there is a war that we experience in our, in, our, in our being. And so one is, you know, it's just like the comics where we, when we were growing up, you know, we, you see a, a, a devil on the one and you see an angel on the other. And they have these little conversations next to you and then it determines the decisions you make. In the same way, God is trying to equip our spirit man with word, so that every step we take or every decision, that we actually get our consciences so um, what's, what, secure in the word of God, that we're able to make the right decisions all the time, to think like him. Amen? So this word is going to build your faith. This word is going to give you, like that's what he says in, in Acts, it gives you inheritance, okay? It builds you up and gives you an inheritance and, and that's what we're going for. Um, I had a, did I tell you where we're going? You can make your way to, to Romans 8 if you're there. And um, occasionally, 
I'm, I'm the kind of guy, I go to bed very late at night and I wake up fairly early. So I don't have like a whole ton of sleep. So I, I have like this little hack that I do in the afternoons if I really can't make it. Okay. Three o'clock, Anya knows that three o'clock I become a little bit um, unproductive and I don't, I don't concentrate very well. So what I do is I have a 15-minute power nap. Okay, so you guys can try this and let me know if it works for you. If it doesn't, scratch it. You take a, a double shot of espresso. <laughs> you drink that espresso and you go live for 15 to 20 minutes. Change your life, promise you. When you wake up in 20 minutes, it's like you just fell asleep and you wake up. You've sorted for the day. But when I do that, I get like incredible. If I, if I meditate on the Lord, I don't know. He speaks to me powerful things in those, in those 15, 20 minutes. I can tell you, and anyways, it's like I'm selling my new. <laughs> I can just tell you about the amount of times that I've had awesome experiences like that. But anyway, I'm lying there and, and this, this word comes to me. It just says Christianity in real life or real life Christianity. You know, it's like if you go to a movie and you watch a movie and you think, wow, yes, that's awesome, you know. And then my kids will always ask me, yeah, but daddy, is that real life? And I'll be like, no, sweetheart, it's not real life. It's just, it's imagination. I heard a kid once ask his dad, daddy, who would win in a fight between Jesus and Spider-Man? And the dad said, Spider-Man is a figment of your imagination. Jesus is a real life superhero, you know. And... Um, and, but how many people are in a fictional Christianity that is just purely fiction? How many of us like, could have just as well gone and watched a movie on Sunday and, and because it's fiction and you go back and you live the same life as what you lived and literally the word has no impact on you? You know, if you're sitting here in the, like the, the meeting now and you think that this word is not relevant to your life, you could just as well go home. Or if you sit here... And, and the Lord can actually speak to you. And you realize, my goodness, God is trying to put something in my life that is going to bear fruit in this week. I absolutely need to hear what is preached here. You know? And then God will, will get us into, into what we're born for. Real life Christianity. Christianity when it matters. I want a full church. Absolutely. Every preacher wants a full church. But when I pray at night, I say, Lord... If I can't have revival in my home, if I can't have the people in this church experiencing Jesus at home, their children aren't experiencing um, fathers that, that are carry the Spirit, that are speaking um, life into their children, and Lord, then we need to close doors. We have to have real-life Christianity. We have to have, you know, it's amazing. You can walk into a church and you can point fingers at what the church is not doing. What's happening in your home? What's happening in your home? Are we carrying that spirit at home? What's happening in our, in our careers? Are we, it comes out condemning. I'm not trying to condemn. I'm trying to say, hey, come, let's, let's embrace what the word says that we can have. Amen? Come on. So you take it for yourself. You take it for you. I can't serve God for you. Your, your husband or your wife can't serve God for you. You need to do it. You need to do it. Amen. So, Romans chapter 8. Um, let's do it in the Passion Translation. I'm really enjoying the Passion Translation. It's quite nice. 
So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law of the spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated me from the law of sin and death. I'm free, all right? For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness. So we know he understands what we go through, what we deal with. Clothed with humanity, God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and the power of sin. Yes. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointing and uh, the anointed one living his life in us. So just pause there and think about that, that you are righteous. Come on, that you are righteous. You're, uh, you're already like the, the whole qualification of the law and what it was out to do was fully met through Jesus. And because it was fully met through Jesus, it's fully met through you. All right, so don't let anyone get you back into trying to attain to that righteousness. Don't let anyone try and get you back into trying to be good enough for God or trying to be holy and trying. You are holy. You are righteous, okay? So that is your starting point. And we are free to live not, now this is the important one, not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. And if we just think about, we just think about that for a while. Um, how we respond to grace and to righteousness is not you can do whatever you want. It's like you have been given a set of tools and equipment to, to do life with, to live your life. So I am righteous. Now, I don't use that because I don't need to attain righteousness as a, a license to do whatever I want to. Um, and we, we don't end up living Christ-like lives because we switch off past that point. God wants righteous people to live. There is still repentance in the New Testament. There is still cases where I need to come to the Lord and say, forgive me, Father, even though he's already paid the price for your forgiveness. Even though you're already forgiven, there comes places where you, often, actually, more often than you think, you have to come to him and say, Lord, you know what? I'm sorry. I missed it again, you know, and, uh, and he's like, I've got you. It's all right. Okay, let's read on. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves, but those who live by the impulses of the Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. Those who live by the impulses of the Spirit. Now, when I live by the impulses of the Spirit, it's something that you have to become more accustomed to. You have to be sensitive to it. It starts, it starts at small, it's like, do I respond here? Do I listen here? Do I? But the more I respond to the impulses, the more it becomes my natural reaction. The more I ignore those impulses, the quieter the voice seems to go. And, and where the, fl the flesh actually shouts at you all the time tries to tell you, do this, you know, 
Like your flesh tells you, ah, you know, I'm not lust for this. And all your conscience is saying, come on, come on, come on. And the more I listen to that, the more my, my spirit man, or in this case, I will say my conscience, becomes more accustomed to hearing the voice of God, to doing what He wants, just by being sensitive. So how do I increase my sensitivity to His voice? Well, I always think by acknowledging that my goodness, I miss it. I miss it at times. And to, to always seek the heart of God in that case. So um, I think it was, uh, what's his name? It's not uh, Kenneth Copeland. It's also a major preacher from the 80s, Kenneth Hagin. He said, the, the flesh dictates, but the spirit prompts. The flesh will dictate, but the spirit prompts. The flesh will try and dictate your life, you know, but the spirit will just give promptings, just nice promptings that you can follow. We need to follow those promptings of the spirit. Let's read on. Uh, next verse, yeah. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the spirit finds life and peace. Okay, so that makes you kind of think of Galatians chapter 5, where it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And those qualities are yours. They belong to you already. Did you know that? They are yours. All right, so uh, I think it's Galatians 5 or 6. Keep it in the, in the Passion Translation. There we go. Every, this is, your Bible will say something different. But this is like, I did a study on it. This is, this is a translation from the Aramaic. It says it very well. It says, every believer is ultimately responsible for his own conscience. Think about that. Every believer is ultimately responsible for his own conscience. Okay, so you have a conscience that you're responsible for. That means that you need to grow, that you need, that you need to look after, um, uh, you need to be aware of. You need to know what you feed it. You need to know how, what, what affects a conscience because God, God speaks to your conscience. The Lord speaks to your conscience. And everything that you, that you do is most often those promptings that we get from the Spirit come to our conscience. Okay. So I asked this at men's meeting on Friday, but when was the last time that you just did something because you felt you had to do it? You said something to someone because I felt you had to do it. When was the last time that your conscience told you to tell that person that you love them and you ignored that? Or when was the last time that you, were, you knew you had to apologize and you ignored that? Come on, think about all this. If we realize how important our consciences are and, and the Lord wants to use people with a sensitive conscience, that can listen, and that can follow the promptings. And that is where I would say repentance comes in the New Testament. You say, Lord, purify my conscience. Hit the reset button so that I can be sensitive to what you're saying. That I can, be, that I can position myself to, to do um, what you want. And that's where I say it's real-life Christianity. It's real-life Christianity. We ain't going to fake it at the Word Church. We want the genuine. We want the genuine. I want it raw. I want it real. And what I am, yeah, I want to, my kids to have the same experience with 
dad at home is what they have at the church. I want uh, the people that I work with to have the same experience as well. It's like, Lord, help me have a pure heart. Help me have a pure conscience. Okay, let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5. So, the Lord will, will come with a word like this, and you'll wake, you'll try to awaken your conscience. You'll try to awaken you. You'll try to say, hey, right. And, and I think that's what Revelation chapter 3 means, where, where he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. We use that often in our altar calls. Say, hey, the Lord is knocking. That knocking was written to the church Okay, that was written. So, so Jesus himself, you'll stand at the door and you'll knock. Duck, 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 you know, and he knocks on your conscience. He knocks on your heart. And then if you'll respond to that prompting, he says he will come in. If you're open, for, he will come in and he will sup with you and he will, he, will, he will serve or enjoy a meal with you or whatever. All right, so Galatians 5 verse 1. He says, in this freedom, Christ has made us free. Stand fast and don't be hampered and held ensnared and submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, that, can, that yoke of slavery can be a number of things. That can be going back to the law. For those people who are still under the law, don't understand that 2,000 years ago, there was a Savior that, that set you free from Come on, and that he introduced a new, a new, um, a new day, okay, which is Christ, which is His grace, which is and He speaks about the law of Christ, and that we'll, we'll speak about. But we can go back into law of slavery by trying to earn it, trying to deserve it, all of that. But we, there's there's other slavery that we can get ourselves into by getting into. If you find yourself into moods, you know, getting into moods, if you come up like the same moody person, you, it's slavery. If you, if you find yourself depressed, it's slavery. It's the same thing. And the Lord says, don't get back into those things. Don't get back into the stuff that I've set you free don't, from. Don't get back into it. He says, I set you free so that you can be free. That sounds like no strings attached. That just sounds like, here's my intentions for you. Is freedom, is life, is joy, all, all the good stuff, all right? Um, let's just read verse 9. It says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It perverts the whole concept of faith. That's why Jesus said, be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees. You take the old wine... Or the new wine, you mix it with the old, doesn't work. It's got to be new. <laughs> it's got to be completely new. Don't bring the old and mix it. It makes the whole thing off. The whole thing off. So abandon what was, what was past and allow the Lord to do something new. All right? So this came out quite strong in my time of, of prepping and also um, yuck, in the power naps. <laughs> Verse 16. Yeah. 
Someone said, um, Peter slept in prison. Jesus slept in the boat. Don't underestimate the power of a nap. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there we go. Jockey, thank you. Got that, amen. But I say, verse 16, walk in the Holy Spirit, okay? Uh, walk in the Spirit, and you will certainly not gratify the cravings and the desires of the flesh. You won't satisfy the desires of the flesh. Or the King James would say, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. If you, if you think of like fulfill the lust, then we understand that there is a war that we experience because um, we know we all identify with us. We all know we understand that war. And God is amazing because he provides the way out. And he says, here's the way out. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Now, there's many ways to walk in the Spirit, but you have to be conscious. You have to be awake. You have to be alert. I, um, we don't preach it enough, but the Bible speaks about um, praying in the Spirit. So most often praying, for me, praying in the Spirit is, I'll, I'll start and I, can, I feel, yes, let me just share this while you, yeah, we were, we were sitting around the table and uh, we, got, we got news of a, of a relative, uh, we were at a cell, a cell group, we got news of a relative that had been kidnapped and uh, I shared the news. It was amazing. Anin was there. Anin came and she put communion down in front of me just as I shared the news. And this guy just gets into the Spirit and just starts praying in the Spirit. It was like an immediate switch, like from fear into, from like panic into, into the Spirit. And so that's what the Lord says. Walk in the Spirit and you won't be a victim of the, the lusts of the flesh. You won't fall victim to, to that depression. So sometimes you have to just start, you know, and it feels like nothing. But give yourself five minutes. You'll be screaming it and you'll be shouting it. You'll be so on fire by that time. No? We have to do it. Guys, we have to pray in the Spirit. If you don't pray in the Spirit and if you don't know it, I will pray with you. I will pray with you, and I will. I will. We'll trust God together that it, that you that you get that that power, man. Huh? And mom, mom told me that it's power. You need it. So we went for it. Okay, Galatians five. For the desire, verse seventeen, the desires of the flesh are opposed to the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are opposed to the flesh. Okay, do we know what the desires of the Spirit are? We do. I'm going to show you. Um, the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh. These are antagonistic, English word of the day, go look it up, to each other. or They are at enmity with each other. They, re- they don't work well together. Okay? Um, they are in conflict with each other. So that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Wow. That's why it says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. What are you led by? 
the Lord is my shepherd. He, he, he leads me. He guides me. He feeds me. Come on, I, I'm in that place of the Spirit. And, um, okay, so let's read this. Verse 19. The doings of the flesh are clear. They are immorality. They are impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, ill temper. Come on, how many of you guys feel condemned already? Selfishness, divisions, party spirit. Who was doing what on Friday night? This words for you. Party spirit. Factions. <laughs> yeah, I want to read the brackets. Um, peculiar opinions, heresies. Envy, drunkenness, I'll skip that one, and the like, etc., etc. He says, we're going to get to the good stuff. I warn you beforehand, just as I did, for those that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Stop there. He's not saying you won't go to heaven. It's not what it says there. Not saying you're not going to go to heaven if you do those things. If you practice those things. What is the kingdom of God? Come on. Who said it? Righteousness, peace, and joy. If you want to experience righteousness, peace, and joy. Okay. If you don't want to experience righteousness, peace, and joy, live according to the flesh. Keep practicing these things. You're not going to experience the righteousness that that the Lord has to offer. I love, um, just stay there. I love how Jesus speaks about my joy. And he speaks about my peace. And the Bible says his righteousness. So you can have his peace, you can have his joy, and you can have his righteousness. That's the kingdom of God. But if we live our lives unconscious and just programmed by the flesh, and we find ourselves in that, I mean, let's just read that again. And then go back to verse 20. People think I'm preaching lawyer. This is New Testament stuff. Selfishness, divisions, strife, jealousy. We all know what that's like. But do you justify it or do you bring it to the cross of Christ? Do you justify why you behave like you behave? Why you, are, why you stay controlled by the impulses of the flesh? Or do you bring it to the cross and allow him to justify you? Let's hammer it. How many times do we get together with our families in a place where you missed it? And how many times do you say, I'm sorry. I missed it. And allow the love of Jesus to invade and allow the heart of God to come in and, and pick you up and make you whole. How many of us allow the kingdom of God to rule and reign in our lives because, because we are just so stubborn that we will not get to a place of repentance. Say, Lord, I've been doing these things, forgive me. And you'll still do it. You'll still do it, but you have to get to a place of where you can, I did it, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Forgiveness is so, is key to enjoying um, the kingdom of God on earth. Amen? I hope this is helping you. It surely helps me big time. Um, so let's read verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, now, um, 
Fruit is effortless. You never see a tree trying to bear fruit. Please remember that. If you're trying to be patient, if you're trying to be joyful, have you ever tried to be, I love you, but I don't really love you? You know, I love you. Come here, but you know inside, uh, you're trying. The fruit of the Spirit is a result of abiding in Him. It's like it just comes. It comes naturally. You bear fruit. I've never seen an orange tree try to bear an orange. It just happens. The fruit of the Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes, is love, is joy, is peace, is patience. You know how big this is? This is massive in, in, in serving God. 1 Corinthians 13, we know it. It says, if I have the power to speak in tongues of angels, but have not love, I am nothing. Tongues of angels, all good. But me, without love, nothing. If I can move mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. If I take everything that I have and I give it to the poor, you think that would make you something? No. It says, if I don't have this, nothing. We can do church. We can do all of this nicely. But these qualities is the, must be the dominating factors in our homes, in our lives. I know, forgive me, I know it's not always. And I know it's not simple. But the Lord never said it's going to be easy. He said you first have to set your mind. Trust me. And then we get there. Amen. All right, um, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint. Um, against such things, there is no law. Now, you see why it says there is no law? That's the freedom that God wants you to live in. If I'm not under a law, it means I'm I'm living in that place. I'm living in the fruit of the Spirit. So God created you, rebirthed you, so that can be your life. So that can be your life. Amen? So that you can sleep in the boat. So that you can sleep in the prison. Amen? You can have a power nap. <laughs> yes, amen. All right. All right, let's, let's quickly read Acts 24, 16. Oh, we're nearly done. He says, I exercise and discipline myself, mortifying the body, deadening my carnal affections, bodily appetites, and worldly desires, in, endeavoring in all respects to have a clear, unshaken blameless conscience, void of offense towards God and towards men. So your conscience must be pure. And it doesn't only count in the case of that it is pure before God. It must be pure before men as well. We have to have purity in our hearts for one another and in, in our consciences for one another. To say, Lord, help me be pure in my heart. Help me be pure in my conscience. That every man is responsible for his own conscience. Help me be pure. Yeah. It's not law. It's, it's just, it's real Christianity. It's 
If we want to experience these things, it's real. All right. Um, Psalm 24, I think verse 5 and 6 should be. It's not in my notes, Psalm 24. Uh, okay, so verse 3, actually. Verse 3, sorry. Who shall go up into the mountain of the Lord? Who will stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. So that's what we sang today. Lord, clean my hands, purify my heart. I want to burn for you. Hey, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted himself up to falsehood or to what is false, nor sworn deceitfully. You know the Lord can get you there. The Lord can get you there today. Come on, if while I'm ministering to you and your conscience is telling you, Come on, you need to soften your heart a bit. You need to look at your heart and you just say, come on, these areas, listen. Listen to me. Your conscience is talking to you. Listen to me. Get to that place where it is pure, where it is, um, where I have a pure hands, a pure hands, clean hands and a pure heart. Um, Psalm 51 and 1 John 3, and then we finish. Psalm 51. I've, I've heard it preached that because in the New Testament we have a new heart, that it's not relevant. I disagree with that. In the New Testament, repentance is especially re- relevant. Forgiveness is especially relevant. The, the new heart, yes, the Lord has given me a new heart and has taken out the stone and given me a heart of flesh, but it still needs to be purified. It still needs that forgiveness. It still needs the blood of Christ. And so that's why I don't think that this, is, that this verse is, is irrelevant in the new. I think it is especially relevant. Um, verse 10. This was after David messed it up. You can read the whole psalm for homework. He messed it up, man. If you thought you messed up, you go see what David did and you realize he really messed up says in verse 10, create in me a clean heart. God, renew a right, a persevering, and a steadfast spirit within me. That, that can be your prayer today. Lord, create, a, create in me a, a, a clean heart, a new heart. Refresh my heart. God, take out the bitterness that I have. Take out the offense that I have. You know, watch your language. What are you saying about people? Do you have a root of bitterness? It's okay to acknowledge. Yes. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Um, Maybe we can read. Yeah. Next verse. Cast me not away from your presence. And take not your Holy Spirit from within me. Um, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. Then will I teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted and returned to you. Uh, you can read all of the stuff of a warrior, a real, a real, a real believer. One John three, and let's close there. You can read Romans, uh, Hebrews nine for homework, Hebrews nine and ten, where he hammers on the conscience how the blood of Christ is there today to sprinkle our conscience, to cleanse our consciences from dead works. It says the law system could never do that. But in the new, the blood of Christ serves as, as, 
for that to cleanse my conscience. So when I find myself in a state of bitterness, I'm like, ah, here I am, Lord. Help me. I'm struggling. The blood of Christ we can apply there. I trust that you're quiet because the Lord is really speaking to you today. It's your conscience he's talking about, I think. It's mine. It's my conscience. It's my bitterness. It's my offense. It's my insecurities. It's all of that that the Lord came and gives me this message. That's why I know that it will serve to help you. Verse 18. Little, 1 John 3 verse 18. Little children, let's not love in theory or in speech, but in deed and in truth, in practice and in sincerity. By this we shall come to know that we are of the truth and can reassure our hearts in His presence. Whenever our hearts in tormenting self-accusations accusation, make us feel guilty and condemn us, you know, so that, that time you said no to the, to the beggar at the robot who wanted 20 rand, he was like, I don't believe you, and you left feeling guilty. You bad chamor, look at you. When our consciences make us feel guilty and condemn us. He says, whenever our hearts in self-tormenting accusation make us feel guilty and condemn us, we are in God's hands. He is above and greater than our consciences. And He knows and perceives and understands everything. Nothing is hidden from Him. Nothing is hidden from Him. Next verse. And beloved, if our consciences do not accuse us, if they do not make us feel guilty and condemn us, we have confidence, complete assurance, and boldness before God. And church, that's where you want to find yourself in a place. Is that you can stand on that mountain with clean hands and a pure heart, with confidence. You approach the throne of grace and know, man, I'm pure. I'm holy. I'm justified. Everything that I've done today is sorted, is paid for, and I can live a life not controlled by the desires of the flesh, but, in, but a life that is guided by the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, that's my portion, that's the freedom that I'm called to live. And ultimately, what the Lord says, I don't care how much money you've given to that person, I don't care if you helped granny walk across the street, are you living in, in that place? Is your conscience in a place that is pure before the Lord? Um, and, uh, and we can apply it. And I think this, this will help you. If you put this into play, if you, are, if, you are, if you switch yourself on, no matter what place your circumstance, your situations look like, if you'll just switch on and pay attention to what's happening in your heart, Things around you are going to change. Things around you are going to change. Uh, forgive me for repeating myself, but that story of that 13 spanner always blesses me. Where that, this guy working on his car, it's a true story. It was a preacher who did it. He was working on his car, and he, you need your 10, you need your 13 spanners. They are like, you, you're going to use them. Most often, in my opinion, the 10 and the 13 spanner. And uh, he says, um, he says one time, no, Flip, he sees the 13 spanner is gone. And he just knows it's his wife or it's his kids. And she starts screaming, 
where's my 13 spanner? You know I need my 13 spanner. And every time this happens, the wife will get back into him and they start fighting. They start fighting. And uh, eventually, his wife prayed for wisdom. And she got a hold of these things, these words. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace. So as soon as this happened again, the guy comes in. Where's my 13 spanner? It happened again. The wife looks at him and says, I love you. Don't come with that love stuff now. Where's my 13 spanner? I love you. He says, I'm looking for my 13 spanner. I love you. He says, I love you too. But do you know where's my 13 spanner? <laughs> and if we just choose to respond and not get controlled, okay, this comes to me and all of us, but if, if we can live in real-life Christianity and, and use, make use of what, what the Lord has provided for us through the Spirit, that it's effortless, that it's easy, it's just switch on, um, I think it will be affected so much. So this week, the Lord is going to speak to you. Maybe even today, He's going to speak to you. Maybe He's going to tell you, go tell that person that I love them. Maybe it will be a complete stranger. I want to encourage you to follow that prompting. Maybe, you're, maybe you drive past someone, you see they're struggling on the street uh, and they need something to eat. And your conscience says, give them something to eat. And your flesh says, no, they, they, they're taking a fat chance. But your conscience already said, give them something to eat. Follow the prompting. Give the guy the benefit of the doubt and listen to your conscience. Just, just do that for, for a change. What if, we, what if we just pursued what the Lord is working in the new heart and move on? And, and what if we, in, in our homes and in our environments? goes both ways. You're going you're gonna to fung a dip and you're not going to feel yourself. Man, if your husband or your wife is in that place, understand and you be bearing the fruit of the Spirit. You be in that place. Come, let's pray. Father, I thank you that you clean our, our hands and you purify our hearts. Lord, we, we want, like what that song says, we want to burn for you. We want to be to present our lives as living sacrifices that is holy to you, that can be used by you. Lord, I pray for every household that the fruit of the Spirit will, will reign, the kingdom of God will reign in our lives. And so I start, Lord, I repent. I ask forgiveness. I need your blood over my heart, over my conscience, over my mind, my will, my ambitions. Will you come and purify so that I can serve you with a pure motive, that I can love the church with a pure motive. And, and I pray that be everyone's portion today. Purity, holiness, um, that we can, we can serve you in that, in that way. And today, Lord, that this word will produce such fruit that it will save people, that it will save situations. In Jesus' name, help us be alert, help us live in quick response, prompt obedience to your voice, prompt obedience to what you're saying, to what you're doing in this time, um, and that church will not be a Sunday experience, but that, that church will be a daily experience, 
that will, will, will carry on in action, that will be a church, a people that shines, that shines a light to, to a world that so desperately needs it. So I thank you for our families. Thank you that our, our families will experience peace um, and will experience the, the truth of this word, um, that our children will grow up seeing a mom and dad that loves the Lord or, or a man of God or a, a woman of God and even the single moms or single dads or whatever. Lord, that, that this word will, will just invade their hearts and will produce the fruit. So I thank you that this word will be met with an I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and, and a heart that is willing to just be vulnerable and exposed and uh, that we know that you just know how to heal, how to build up, how to, to, yeah, to fix, repair, and restore that which is broken. So I thank you. Joy, joy, and peace, and love, gentleness, all the fruits of the Spirit is theirs, is ours, is our qualities um, to bear, and that we will experience that, and that will be our portion regardless of the challenges that, that we face. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I trust that message blessed you. Please feel free to contact us for any prayer requests or feedback. We would love to connect with you. You can follow the Word Church Kimberly on any social media platform and become a part of our online community. Be blessed. Be blessed.